This is Touchpoint True Stories, a podcast featuring real people sharing stories from their love and sex lives. Today's stories about casual sex were told at the Touchpoint Town Hall in New York City on March 3rd, 2018. Be advised, the following episode features adult content and may not be suitable for children. We've all been there. We meet someone, we know there's not a future in it, but the connection is real and we want to find out more. Often society seems to make us feel badly about these things, like being attracted to people or exploring something physical is a weakness. But sometimes, these casual encounters are more than just sex. Our first story comes from a woman who once felt like sex was a conquest, like something she could either win or lose. I don't remember what this boy's name was, to be honest, and I don't believe that I ever asked because in the hour or so that we were together, I didn't care. What I do remember is that I was 25 and he was younger, 18, 19. I really can't be sure, but I do know that he was a student at Florida State and I had just moved to Manhattan and this was the first time I was coming back home for homecoming. We locked eyes at a keg party outside the stadium, and I knew immediately what I wanted. I was the oldest person in the room, a sea of young, blonde, giggling, drunk Tallahassee girls. And he was shirtless and sunburned and sweaty and toned, sleek. And I knew I had to win. So I smiled and I winked and I walked by. I turned the corner into the bathroom and within seconds, he knocked, but didn't wait to be let in. And we collided. He picked me up, lifted me onto the sink. Our lips and tongues were against one another. And every now and then, we'd pull apart and <sighs> inhale and laugh. And then I suggested that we go somewhere more private. And that private place was the parking spot underneath the townhouse that we were just in. Uh, the bushes on the side of the car blocked the view, but there's swarms of people drinking keg stands. You can imagine it. And uh, the hood of the pickup truck held the front of me as he pushed me down and pulled my clothes to the side. I didn't take a single thing off. And he entered me from the back and we were, <sighs> it was a hot animal. Uh, and then I was done and I didn't wait for him to finish because I didn't care. <laughs> and I pushed him off, said goodbye, called my friends, found them, went to the stadium, watched the game, and I didn't give that boy a second thought. Uh, and, but really, I wanted to share this story because I don't regret that experience at all. It's a part of me. And I reflect on it and I realize that, that that experience occurred because a year prior to that, my heart had been broken, shattered. And a relationship ended that was so loving, it ended with me having an abortion by myself and feeling very alone. And I told myself in that moment that I would never, ever allow myself to be hurt that way again, right? I was gonna fuck like a man. I was going to use like a man, and I did.
So casual sex can be visceral and passionate, but can it also be spiritual? Our next story comes from a person who identifies as agender, and their story is about a casual relationship that led to a sense of divinity and safety in the arms and legs of a police officer. I'm from Newark, New Jersey, and maybe some of you seen me as I was walking through, but uh, I have this thing where I love booty shorts. So I was walking down the street in Newark in booty shorts, and a police officer yells my name, Andre. And I'm like, oh shit, what does this mean? So I turn around, and it's actually someone that I went to high school with. But the, the person that I went to high school with is a full-grown man, and I myself as a full-grown agender individual who's looking good, feeling good, and just hot, sticky, and sexy anyway, <laughs> see this uniform, and I'm like, what's up? <laughs> yes, you're right, it is Andre. How you doing? What's going on? So, now, he's not alone in his police car. He's actually with someone in his police car. So what we do is, because we had the reference of knowing each other from school, it was easy for me to slide my number and it just be all good because we went to school together. Well, later on, as I walk down the street, I guess it may have been donut time, I get a text message, Andre, yo, what's the word? What you doing later? Let's catch up. So of course I respond back when I see the message because of course in my mind the only thing I could think of is the blue uniform which makes me feel safe, which is definitely a fetish, which I, in my mind I've been romanticizing about since we parted eyes with each other. And I was just like, I'm free, I'm available, what's the word, what time, swing through. So he swings through, he comes to get me and we go back to his place to catch up. Now in my mind, I'm exotic, I'm sexy, I'm hot, I'm sticky, and if anybody's gonna bite me over to their place, and especially someone that I hadn't seen in a long time, I can only imagine the thoughts that are running through the brain. So I get there, and the first thing we do is reminisce about school. Bullshit. The first thing that we actually did, I had my face held sculpted, beard rubbed, braids pulled and touched. And it was a feeling of passion. It was a feeling of intensity. It was a feeling of romance. And it was a feeling of, I am worthy of this experience. So in my booty shorts, which are not very long to begin with, it was very easy access to fondle my amazing body parts that were available to be kissed, <laughs> touched, fondled and experienced with absolutely no regret, absolutely no hesitation, and absolutely no fucking resistance. So to make a long story short, because my booty shorts are short and they don't need to pull off, it's easy to slide them over and let's just say, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. I don't see nothing wrong. Now keep in mind, I stayed for the full experience. I wasn't rushing and I was leaving. I commend you, sister, for leaving, but for me, I wanted to have hammer time quite a few times 
because it was so good to begin with just from the overall psychology of, and I, and I hope this story doesn't get dark, but I'll just twist it real quick. For me to see this person that I went to school with and to see him in a uniform actually made me feel safe. I am an incest survivor, so for me to give consent to my body to someone that I actually didn't know when I was violated by my older male cousin who I knew and grew up with, the power in having the experience was more than just a physical experience. It was an experience of me absolutely trusting myself. It was a feeling of me understanding what my intuition is. It was a feeling of absolutely having the strength, the courage, the tenacity to love myself and to feel worthy of having a God damn banging sexual experience. <laughs> so if casual sex is going to do that to anybody, then I say get that pussy up. I say get that ass up. I say if it's going to take you to a point of trusting yourself to your highest height, the bullshit drama about casual sex, erase it from your mind. Because if it's going to give you the liberation that you need to emancipate yourself from trauma, then I say more power to it. And that's why this story is called, I am attracted to spirit, because I was attracted to the spirit of what he had to offer. It wasn't just the good goods, but it was the <laughs> spirit of actually making me feel comfortable in my skin and understand that I'm worthy. So casual sex can be healing and spiritual and meaningful, but is it only just for single people? In the final story of this episode, a charming woman from New Zealand tells of a time when her and her partner explored an evening of casual play with a new friend. So I had just gotten divorced and I'd been in a very dull, sexless marriage for a long time. And my plan was to have a summer of just fucking for fun. And Tinder is so great for this. It didn't exist before I got married and Tinder was like a game changer for me. And it was funny, I didn't think I had a type until I looked at all the dudes I had matched with and like they all looked the same. And I was like, oh, I totally have a type. So I met this guy and we got together quickly and it got serious really quickly and I was amazed that he was even attracted to me in the first place. Like, having sex with him is like being fucked by a god. It is so amazing. And you like stare at him, or I stare at him, and I'm like, wow, is this really happening? So it was very stimulating, very exciting. And about a year or so into the relationship, we started discussing opening our relationship and what that might look like. And I, he brought this up, but I was anxious about it because I really liked him and I was worried about what opening our relationship might mean and would I lose him, etc. But at the same time, I'm bisexual and I had had a lot of relationships before where I had approached a partner and said, would it be cool if I dated women? How would you feel about that? And they always said no. It was always a hard pass. Um, in fact, my ex-husband was like, what's the point of getting married if you want to fuck other people? And I was like, okay, all right, cool. So my boyfriend brought this up and even though I was nervous about it, I thought it was definitely a concept worth exploring. So we started talking about it, but nothing really happened. And a couple of months later, we went to Miami. My parents were there visiting and we went to dinner with them. He had never met them before. 
and we went to dinner and about 90 minutes into the dinner um, I went to the bathroom and came back and he was sitting at the table telling my parents that he wanted to marry me and I was like this man deserves a reward <laughs> and I felt like so good and so safe that he had said that that I was like we are gonna have a threesome tomorrow night I'm gonna make this happen so the next night, I, and of course I don't tell him this because you ruin the magic when you tell them what's going to happen, so just kept it close to the chest. So the next night we went to go to a bar that he knew of and we pulled up in the Uber and it was closed. And I said, oh, I think there's a strip club around here somewhere, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, I guess. So I yelped it, we went to the strip club and... It was an amazing strip club, like a million levels and there's all these like amazing looking women walking around and there's a stage in the middle of the strip club that's a circle with a pole in it and women come on, they dance for like one song and then they exit and you get a new girl. So it like changes really rapidly, it's like the best spot in the house. So we're sitting around the edge of the stage and we have all these singles and I'm like wow this is amazing and there's women in front of me twerking and I'm kind of like I'm hesitant to even put money in their g-string because I'm like worried about consent and like is this my being too forward if I like put my hand on you and shit and apparently it's completely fine so cool and um, this girl comes out and she's tall and she's beautiful and she has like this big natural hair and the thing that I really liked about her was she had this like vivacious spirit like she seemed like she was really happy to be there like she loved her fucking job and there had been lots of other women who had come out but they and they were beautiful but they really were checked out like they didn't want to be there they didn't fucking care and this girl had a great vibe and she was dancing and i said to my boyfriend like oh we should get a lap dance from this girl and he said, oh, what's the deal with lap dances? And she was like, oh, come with me. So we go to this back room and we're sitting side by side in this tiny little room on like some sticky vinyl seat or whatever. And I am like grinning from ear to ear. I'm having the time of my life. And my boyfriend is sitting next to me and he looks so fucking uncomfortable. He's like, doesn't know what to do with himself. Like he's not even really looking at anything. And we're getting this lap dance and this girl is like grinding on me and she's touching my pussy and I'm thinking like, that seems friendly, like... <laughs> like maybe there's something more to this than just a lap dance. So after the lap dance is done, we go out to the bar and we're standing out there with her and we're talking and I was like, oh, what time do you finish? And she said, oh, I can kind of finish whenever I want. And I said, oh, cool, okay, well, you know, my boyfriend and I are in town for a few days. Why don't you take his number and if you want to hang out or something, like, we're around and it'll be cool. And she was like, okay, great. And then she goes off and we're like, okay, let's leave. We'll go home and that'll be the end of the night. So we walk out of the club and we're standing outside. We've just called an Uber and he gets a phone call and we're thinking it'll be like the Uber guy, like, you know, where are you or something. And it's the girl, and she's like, hey, I can't leave the club with customers, but I'm standing across the street. I'm ready to go if you guys want to leave. And we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, yeah. And we're, my boyfriend's so cool on the phone. He's like, yeah, we'll just, we'll come grab you. We'll be there in two seconds. He's like, so slick, it's amazing. And we swing up, and she gets in the car, and... 
We're in the back seat of this cab and we're going over the bridge to Miami and I'm sitting by the window and my boyfriend's in the middle and she's on the other side. And my boyfriend and I are like holding hands and trying not to grin at each other too hard. Like there's that feeling of like real ecstasy and excitement and anticipation, but we're just trying to play it really fucking cool. So this girl doesn't know that we've never done this before. And we get back to the hotel and we get in the pool. My boyfriend comes back and he has a bottle of champagne. What a fucking winner. And this pool is like 24 hours. So it's like three in the morning. There's no one else. We're just drinking champagne. And um, she and I start to make out and he starts to get involved. And then so we go upstairs and I'm like, let's get in the shower and we'll just heat up. And so we all got in the shower and it's like this hot, soapy, steamy mix of limbs. And I'm gonna leave it there and you can imagine the rest of it. But it was an amazing night, like the best night ever. And in fact, I told my boyfriend on Sunday night like that I was gonna tell this story. And he was like, what the fuck? He was like, can you tell me the story so that I know what you're gonna say? So I did and he was like, man, that was a good time. So. <laughs> It's like, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know? So thank you for letting me share it with you. When it comes to matters of the heart, there are no questions and answers, only questions and ideas. And at Touchpoint, all ideas are welcome. So what does casual sex mean to you? How has your relationship to casual sex evolved over time? What experiences come up for you around casual sex? As one person suggested, perhaps we should rebrand casual sex as recreational sex in order to remove the stigmas and to highlight how empowering these types of intimate experiences can be sometimes. After all, when we do things without expectation, we leave room for the surprising, serendipitous magic that is life. And sometimes, sex. I'm Jared Matthew Weiss. Thanks for listening to Touchpoint True Stories. For more information about Touchpoint, you can find us on Instagram at lovetouchpoint and on web at lovetouchpoint.com. We'll see you next time.